Hi there, and welcome to Hans Bank and Insights. We're here this morning with James Sproul, Chief Economist of Hans Bank in the UK, for our weekly economic update. Good morning, James. Good morning, Mariana. Okay, let's get started. So the burning question to ask of high-frequency data is, are we getting back to work? Well, let's look. So last week we looked at the UK and saw both the um, state of play between uh, running up until until Christmas. And, um, of course, the Christmas had been a pretty uh, conclusive shutdown for uh, really everything across the entire country. So this week what I did was I looked at um, what's happening in key cities across Europe and North America. And the answer seems to be a couple things. One is, of course, they also shut down over Christmas. Um, but really, it's too early to tell what post-pandemic is going to look like. Um, people quite clearly still dislike mass transit. And so far, it seems that, um, as much as we can tell, what we're doing is we're seeing a recovery to the sorts of levels that we were before Christmas, which is, for instance, working from home for one day a week for most of the UK, but one and a half days a week for London, um, that sort of thing. But we haven't seen what I would call the, the post-pandemic new normal coming through just yet. So I think it's something we're going to watch a lot, but it's not something where we can give uh, a definitive answer as to what new normal is going to be just yet. Okay. Um, so the UK GDP figures came through on Friday, and I know you've been looking at GDP generally. So have we actually officially recovered from the pandemic? Well, the answer is, the good news is yes. Um, uh, consensus had expected a rise of about 0.4%, and we saw a rise of 0.9%. This is for November. And so officially, that takes us up above the level at which we were at the end of 2019. Now, that's not the level we were in terms of had we followed a 2% growth trend, which we had for quite a long time before that. Um, but it does mean we're at least above the end of 2019. So have we officially gone above that? Yes. Are we likely to dip below it, given that we also had not a lockdown, but certainly a, a more of a slowing in um, December? Uh, it's certainly a possibility, uh, but I think that a quarter-on-quarter growth, again, there's a reasonable chance that we will have um, on a Q&Q basis, and that's measured differently from how the monthly is, is, is measured. Uh, again, um, I think it's, it's a reasonable chance that we will see uh, in the Q4 that have gone above us as well on that. So we'll have to see how that, that turns out. We'll have to see what comes as a result of that December data as well. As I say, it could quite well be soft. Um, really, the question, of course, is where do we go from here? And I really think, just looking at the four big building blocks of uh, GDP, uh, first of all, of course, we've got consumer expenditure. That's about two-thirds of GDP. Um, and looking forward to, to, to 2022, um, I'm afraid April is going to be absolutely terrible. Um, we've got uh, um, the removal of the revaluation of the energy price cap, uh, which is going to come through and smack a lot of people's electricity and gas bills. Uh, and then we've got the national insurance tax rise as well, just to add, add to that level of pain. Uh, and so I think that the consumers are going to feel pretty bruised uh, over, over that. And in fact, we might well see a, a bit of a slowing in consumer expenditure overall uh, as a result of all those tax rises and energy price rises. Then we've got government expenditure. Um, now, this is there's some measurement issues here uh, looking out over the course of the year. Um, when uh, the way the GDP is measured is that uh, when government expenditure, it's when the goods and services are delivered as opposed to when the money is spent to deliver them. Now, normally that doesn't make much of a difference, but in lockdown where you're spending money to, for instance, employ teachers, but they are not actually teaching children, that means the government spends money, but it doesn't count towards GDP because the kids aren't being educated. So now what we're going to see is, I think, a lot of government spending continuing and actually probably seeing that the GDP numbers looking good because um, uh, we're not going to be in any, any sort of lockdown. 
Um, business investment is going to be looking probably pretty good this year. Business has a lot of money saved. And um, also there's a big incentive in terms of um, corporation tax relief. So I'm expecting business investment to really be the big booster uh, through much of 2022. And then finally, the trade deficit. We'll talk about trade in just a second. But um, certainly in a longer term, I'm not expecting that to correct particularly quickly. And the UK, uh, whilst it's not going to be great, uh, and we would uh, clearly prefer the deficit to be a little bit less in deficit, uh, nor is it going to be the end of the world. Okay, let me just pick you up on that trade. Um, one of the areas where the UK has been lagging a bit has been trade, and um, the trade figures, of course, also came out on Friday. Um, it's too much to hope for a surplus, I know, but are things looking better? Well, the, yeah, the trade deficit is, is not great, um, but it was uh, clearly less than it was before, so it's moving in the right direction if, if one sort of takes a mercantilist point of view of all of these things. And, and I think that in the longer term, we want to see um, British exports doing well for the economy to do well. Um, uh, it's, it's clearly the biggest cost of Brexit. If people say to me, you know, where, where can we see the impact of Brexit? And, and certainly in a negative uh, way, I would point towards the trade, particularly the goods trade. Um, that said, goods trade doesn't seem to have fallen uh, away. So it's, it's recovered as a result post-pandemic, but it's just not grown as much as one might hope. Um, really, if we look at the, the, what the, the, the data that came through on Friday, it's non-EU imports that have moved up. Um, and that's largely imports of, of gas. Uh, clearly, there's been a, a big energy crisis, or not crisis, but it's too strong a word, but a, an energy problem, which the importation of gas has um, been a, a critical part to, to curing that. Uh, obviously, in the longer term, uh, it may well be that we decide that uh, North Sea gas, in exploiting more North Sea gas, or even other um, uh, parts of gas, say, for instance, fracking, becomes a good idea. That's uh, something the politicians will have to decide. Uh, that certainly would have also an impact on the trade figures. Um, but for the moment, uh, I think that the, the trade figures are looking okay. The long-term key for success, of course, is going to be services for the UK, where we have both a competitive advantage and quite a lot of the economy is, is um, uh, pointing towards services. Uh, they're holding up reasonably well, um, but we do need to hopefully win some new markets there, which does require the ability to travel, which is still uh, a bit more difficult than it, it ideally will be in the future, and the result of that is I don't expect to see UK trade and services really booming until all of the um, uh, restrictions come off, not just here in the UK, but also in the countries in which British business people want to travel to, to try and sell those services. Mm -hmm. um, how about unemployment and inflation? What are you looking for there over the rest of 2022? Well, there's, there's the good and the not so great. Um, the good is the employment. Um, We've seen unemployment drop to about 4.2%. And um, from previous, I think it was last week, we looked at the, the purchasing managers indice on what was happening with employment. And um, it was pretty obvious that employers were expecting to do more hiring in 2022. I'm, I'm a little bit skeptical of that uh, because of those uh, that big consumer slowdown that I'm expecting to come kicking in from April onwards. And so I think there's uh, every possibility that employers' plans are changed as a result of change in economic circumstances in general. But I'm not expecting any sort of rapid rise. It may well go up to uh, somewhere north of 5%. But again, historically, that would still be um, not, uh, not anything like a uh, crisis level. So I suspect that what we're seeing is there was a reasonable employment market over the course of this coming year. Inflation, um, we do think the Bank of England has been a bit sanguine about that. The consensus is inflation is going to move up to about 5.5%. And, and that's something that we sort of agree with. Um, uh, lots of uh, energy pressure, and this is now in danger of spilling over into wages, which means um, falling back to that 2% target level for the Bank of England looks a little bit more difficult. And I, I suspect that they're going to um, see that, that 
whilst inflation does fade uh, as energy prices come off, um, at least they don't continue to go up. And that will mean that uh, from a, a statistical point of view, the inflation rate falls. I don't expect it to fall back down to its target level. I think it's, it's more likely to go 25 to 3% in the longer term. Okay, and what about interest rates? The Fed uh, seems to be saying that they're looking to make multiple rises in 2022, and the markets think there might be as many as four. Here in the UK, we're clearly in a tightening cycle, but how tight? Well, that's a, that is, of course, a very, very big question. We, we've pulled forward our expectations for um, the rate rises, and we expect um, a couple this year. Uh, some, some people expect many, many more. I would caution there, uh, if you remember about a year ago, uh, the markets were, were confidently predicting that interest rates would go to zero, uh, in fact, below zero. Uh, and um, we said no, because that wasn't um, the, the solution to the problem. Um, uh, I don't think negative rates are, are ever a particularly good idea. Um, some, some places have tried it. Clearly, the European Union Eurozone now has it. Um, but I don't think it's, it's really the key to getting the economies to take off. Um, I do think that we are going to see some, some more tightening. And the other thing that um, and coming through, of course, is what's happening with quantitative easing. Uh, so far, the Bank of England's guidance has been that once uh, interest rates reach 0.5%, which is, is likely to be this spring, um, they are going to no longer reinvest the proceeds of bonds as they run off. And therefore, the stock of QE, which reached its target level of $895 billion in December, will slowly be diminished. Um, I, I expect that it's not part of our forecast, but I would not be at all surprised to see the Bank of England issuing some clarified guidance on all of that. And um, they won't be um, reinvesting all of the proceeds. There may be some sort of interim step where they could say, uh, we're not going to reinvest some of the proceeds. So they will take QE down, but not quite as um, quickly as people might expect. So lots to, to come through on all of that and watching the, the Monetary Policy Committee report, which comes out in February with the next NPC meeting. Um, that's going to be some very, very interesting reading, or at least interesting from, from an economist's point of view. Okay. Um, and what does all of this mean for styling and also for swaps? Um, I think these changes to monetary policy are go going to lead to a bit of sterling strength. Um, really, it's going to be the interest rate differentials, which are going to be key here. And, and clearly, as you were saying, that the Fed is seeing, um, or people are expecting the Fed to raise rates. I think the Bank of England is going to be raising, well, has already started to raise rates, will be raising rates more. I think the ECB is likely to be lagging a bit in that, and, and those relative interest rate differentials are going to underpin sterling. As far as swaps go, um, the, the swap rates have, have closed up recently. I expect um, that's actually going to be reversed because, of course, what the difference between a, a two and a 10-year swap, for instance, is inflationary expectations. And given there are longer-term inflationary expectations, I would expect to see some sort of gap, uh, a, a spread between those two and 10-year is pretty normal. Uh, and so um, to see some sort of um, gap reopening up there. And I think higher swap rates in general, because of course interest rates moving higher and those inflationary expectations coming through, does point to both uh, higher rates for both two and 10 years and also, as I say, bigger, bigger spread between those two levels as well. Okay. And finally, we often talk about productivity being the base upon which economic growth is built. Is that true? And what is the outlook? Well, a productivity, I've looked at a lot of pro productivity over the years. I think every economist uh, probably has. Uh, it matters. It's generally acknowledged that without productivity improvements, there can be really no sustainable improvements to prosperity. So uh, given that what governments, economists, businesses want to do is, is increase people's prosperity, it's pretty important. Um, that said, it's also pretty difficult to measure. And it's getting even more difficult to measure uh, over time because um, we are moving towards more service-oriented um, goods and uh, lots of, of 
curious quirks come into the market if something is given away, it's, it's rated at zero. So if you don't have to pay for Facebook, but you enjoy goofing around on Facebook or on whatever social media uh, that you haven't paid for, it counts for nothing. Well, I'm not sure that's actually an accurate measure of what you value it at, but never mind. That's the, sort of the quirks of the system. Um, certainly looking back over time, uh, the UK's productivity was around 2 2.5% um, for many, many decades. Uh, and then the global financial crisis came along and it really plummeted. And there's all sorts of reasons for the reason that it plummeted there. One of them was that um, we put in lots of new restrictions on uh, financial services, which are a big, important part of the UK economy. Uh, some of those, are, I think, were entirely reasonable. Some of them probably are, weren't as helpful as um, people might have hoped at the outset. Um, but the fact is, they did take UK productivity down. We're now looking at the Office for Budget Responsibility, the people who make the forecast for the Treasury, saying that productivity in the UK is going to improve. Uh, they have, they're citing a couple of reasons for that. They think that uh, we're going to see um, uh, easing of restrictions. Uh, I certainly hope that that's the case. I just haven't seen as much evidence of it as I would like. Um, and there's also probably uh, a bit of a change to the employment market, not quite so many people on low pay and being employed. And that does tend to um, push up productivity, even if it does lead to a little bit higher unemployment. So some reasons to, to suspect that the productivity might increase in the longer term. I think the bigger questions really come around, um, you know, are we measuring it in, in the proper way? Um, but that's a, a bigger sort of long-term question, which uh, clearly I'm going to win a Nobel Prize for, for answering correctly at some point in the future. Mm -hmm. but, um, but please don't hold your breath. Okay, many thanks, James. Um, that brings us to the end of today's episode. Um, thank you, and we'll speak again next week. Thanks very much. Speak soon.